You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I wanted to wear a bulletproof vest tonight because if you don't get anything else out of this message, I need you to understand that the body of Christ is under attack. That's what I learned in 2020. That's what I learned. But not only is the body of Christ, was that under attack? Christians were under attack. Cancel culture. Conservative values. You know, we didn't, get, we didn't come under attack until we started speaking out. They were okay with a silent church. They were okay. Hey, we don't, we don't do politics. Hey, church, you stay over there. We're going to do our thing over here. And then something happens and, and the two collide. And now, oh, oh, hold on. The body of Christ is under attack and Christians, hold on. The world told us in 2020, y'all aren't essential. They told us, they said, hey, you guys can't sing. Sorry. They told us you can't meet. They said, hey, you can have church at home. And they said, hey, you can have church at home, but by yourself, you can't invite nobody over. That's not church at home. They told us, they said, follow follow the laws of the land. We did. The Constitution. They told us, they said, hey, that awakened church is rebellious. They said, why can't you guys fall in line? They said, you guys are so selfish. We're in a pandemic. And you know what the problem was? I'm a pastor, so I can say this. You know what the problem was? So many pastors and Christian leaders, they were like, all right, we'll shut down. We'll shut down. A, we don't want any bad press. We don't want to get blasted on Yelp. We don't want to get hit up on Twitter. We don't want to have a message sent to us on Instagram. We would rather remove our light. We're going to take our light off off our light stand. And we're going to let darkness take over. You know why? When that happened, guess what? Suicide, all-time high. Divorce rate, all-time high. Domestic abuse, all-time high. You know, for the first time in our history, you know who was committing suicide? Children. You know what got to Las Vegas to put their kids back in school? Too many child suicides. Because they didn't have nowhere to go. They didn't have a church to go to. You know, I'm so thankful that biblical characters were not like that. I'm so happy when they told Paul, hey, Paul, you're not essential. He didn't say, okay, I'm done. I guess I'm not going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Oh, sorry. He didn't do that. You know what actually happened? He was beaten. He was thrown in jail. He was stoned. And every time they hit him, every time something happened, he said, nope, I'm going to preach this thing. We got to be a church that preaches this thing. We got to be a church that is not so concerned with what they say about us. Where I'm from, we learned a long time ago, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You can say whatever you want to. I love Paul because in in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28, Paul says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in open sea. I have consistently been on the move. 
I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the country, in dangers in the sea. I have labored, I have toiled, I have gone without sleep. I have known hunger, I have known thirst. I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else I face on a daily is the pressure and concern from my church. He said, I'm concerned with my church. I'm not concerned with what the world is doing to me or saying about me. I'm concerned about the churches, the churches he planted. I'm thankful to be in a house where we have leaders, Pastor Jurgen Leanne, Pastor John and Becky, that say, you can say what you want about me, but my congregation is not going to perish. My congregation is not going to perish. You have a guy like Pastor Jurgen who's like, hey, I'll pay the fines. I'll do what I need to do because I know how important this is. I know how important this is. The second area we saw the church come under attack in 2020 was woke Christianity. Woke pastors. You know what being woke means? That means you were previously asleep. And I'm going to tell you how they went to sleep. They were lulled to sleep by weak, watered-down sermons with no revelation in them. They're giving their congregation the same message over and over again. Look like a bunch of cows just chewing on their cud. Just chewing on their cud. You got woke pastors. Like, I'm cool with just being a pastor. Like, I don't need to be woke. Like, I don't need to put on Twitter, I'm a, I'm a pro-choice pastor. Like, I don't need to do that. That's not even biblical. What we've witnessed with the woke church and woke Christianity is apostate churches. They look like God, they sound like God, but they ain't God. It's, we talk about it in, in Timothy. In Timothy, he talks about it. Don't follow leaders that are not biblical. And you know how you stay away from that? Don't just listen to your preacher on Sunday. Read the Bible for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. So that way, if, if the pastor or the preacher start to, start to, uh, you can just, oh, hold, hold, hold on. We've fallen into this thing of man of God syndrome. Man of God syndrome. We just do what the pastor says. And I'm with that. As long as it's biblical. I heard one prominent pastor, they were asking him about abortion. He says, well, does the Bible really say that? Does the Bible really say abortion's not? Sounds real familiar to the devil in Genesis, the snake. Does, did, he, did he really say that? Sounds awfully familiar. You know, in the book of Acts, we know Paul starts his journey. But Paul is stoned. They stone Paul and they throw Paul outside the city gates. And they're like, he's dead. We can move on. 
So they leave him alone. And then people surround Paul. Paul gets up, goes about his way. The revelation that is, that's the way the devil operates. The devil attacks you until he thinks you're knocked out off your calling or knocked out the game. And then he discards you. But the greatest thing about this verse is it talks about the disciples being with Paul after this happened. It says Paul was laying on the ground and all the disciples were standing there. Now, if I have just seen Paul get stomped out and I'm standing there, I'm going to be talking to Paul or my friend like, hey, are you good? Hey, are you still with us? Hey, Paul, come back to us. And see, that's what we saw happen with Christians in 2020 is the devil thought he could knock us off our assignment, knock us out of our purpose. But he didn't understand that we weren't all the way dead. He said, you can beat me, but you can't kill me. You can beat me, but you can't kill me. And so all of Paul's friends, Paul's friends were like, yo, dude, get up. Get up, Paul. Get up, Paul. You got a call in your life. Get up, Paul. You're supposed to start that business. Get up, Paul. The economy might have turned down, but you got something on you. And the scripture says, the scripture says that the very next day, they thought they killed him. But the very next day, Paul hops up with Barnabas and they go on their way. Now, I'm not saying that Paul wasn't beat up. The world beats the people up in 2020. But thank God for the people around us that said, yo, get up. Thank God for those people. And I bet, I guarantee you Paul was, Paul probably had two black eyes. Probably couldn't see nothing. Probably was just stumbling along. Barnabas was like, bro, I'll be your eyes. I'll be your eyes. You got to go somewhere. 2020 taught me that we need people. We need a church. And the devil knows if he can shut the church, he can shut our voice. And if there's no one willing to stand up and fight for it, we're in trouble. That's why be thankful you're planning in this house. Be thankful you have these leaders. And be thankful, be thankful that we are a biblical church. We got to be strong. We got to be strong. Come on, give it up for Jeff. That was amazing. What a word, Jeff. What a word. Hello, hello, friends. So excited to share with you guys tonight. Thank you so much, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I know they're not here tonight, but especially thank you, Pastor John and Pastor Becky. I love you guys so much. You guys are the best pastors on the freaking planet. I love you guys so much. 2020 taught me anything. It's that we have the best pastors. I mean, we saw the best come out of them last year. It was insane. Love you guys. So grateful for you. Um, Okay, so reflecting back on the craziest year ever, um, it was a lot, right? I mean, 2020 was, it was a lot for all of us, right? It was challenging, it was stretching, I mean, the unexpected happened, and I think if we're all being honest, we learned a lot about ourselves, about the world, about people in 2020. So I was asking God, you know, like, what do you want me to say out of the whole year? I mean, what is it you want me to share with Balboa Campus tonight? And uh, like Colin was sharing, it 2020 truly was. I mean, we saw the miraculous. I I want to make that clear. We saw God move in our lives in 2020 like we had never seen before, and He really showed up in our world. And I I just want to praise God for that. Um, But also, 2020 had some really, um, some really hard and hurtful and and tough moments. Um, I know some of you in the room can uh, can relate. So the title of this message tonight is called "Trust Fall." 
Trust of all, I'm gonna share this story. God showed me, uh, he reminded me of the story of my childhood, actually. And it's a, a funny but true story that took place uh, when I was younger. And if you've been in youth for uh, years in the past, served with us before, you might have heard me share this story. Uh, it's about one of my oldest childhood friends. Her name was Riley Russo. Riley Russo. I just loved Riley Russo. I thought the world of her. She was so cool. She was beautiful, like, like stunningly gorgeous. So beautiful. In fact, she was like uh, really successful in the pageant world. So she was a beauty queen. So I remember going over to her house and I just remember seeing her room full of like trophies and sashes and crowns. And I just thought Riley was so cool. And uh, Riley and I probably wouldn't have been friends except for the fact that our older brothers played soccer together. And so I got to spend a lot of time with Riley on the weekends. And she was beautiful, but what I learned about Riley is that she was actually not that smart. She was... (laughs) She was pretty. She was pretty, really pretty, but she was, she was not that smart. But I loved her all the same. I just, I just thought the world of her. And so I, one day in particular, our brothers were playing soccer like they always did, and we were off doing what we always did. We were in the field picking flowers to make our daisy chains. Okay, so we were off, we're making daisy chains, and I remember this game in particular, it had rained heavily the night before, and so the grounds were slick and wet. And so, uh, you know, the flowers were all wilted. So we ended up having to wander farther and farther away to find the perfect flowers for our daisy chain. And I remember just one moment I'm, I'm walking, and the next I'm slipping, and I'm falling down a very large, this is a true story, people, very large, like, metal grate in the ground, a large opening in the ground. It was a big storm drain. And I fall so far down and so hard that it, like, <gasps> knocks the wind out of me. <laughs> And you know when that happens for the first time when you're a kid? You don't know what's happening. You just think you're never going to breathe again. You're just like, <gasps> like every time you try to like talk or breathe, it's the worst when you're a kid and that happens. Oh my gosh. So I just, I'm in this bottom of this pit now. And I, I must have injured my rib on the way down this, through this metal grate. And so I remember every time I'm trying to like gasp to get air, to breathe, let alone to call out for my friend Riley to come and help me and get me out of this pit. I could, I could barely catch my breath. I could only manage like a whisper. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to die here. <laughs> this is it. I'm going to die. And I remember after what seemed like forever, Riley's beautiful face comes peering over the top of the grate. And she's looking at me with her gorgeous pageant-winning smile, and she says to me what I will never forget. And this is my word to you tonight. Riley says to me, she says, Serena, I found you. Like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. I'm with you, and I won't leave you. And I was like, no, no, Riley, I actually need you to leave me. I need you to go and get help so I can get out of this pit. Riley, come on. Like, oh, you're so pretty. (laughs) Oh, Riley. I remember just, yeah, eventually my parents did. They came and got me. The fire department had to come and like get a ladder to like lower me down. I was so embarrassed in front of my whole, my brother's soccer team, all the cool dudes. But I lived on to see another day. And so flash forward to September 23rd, 2020. Um, It was a normal day in 2020, whatever the heck that means. I mean, what a year, what the heck. Um, Colin was out for his morning run like he always did, and he left just a few minutes before my phone rang, and it was him, and I immediately knew something was wrong. When I answered the phone, sure enough, he informed me he had been struck by a car while running, uh, and that I needed to come and get him. And I raced there. As soon as I get there, sure enough, Colin was on a run and in the middle of a crosswalk, gets struck by a car, flies through the air. I mean, he was pretty banged up, but thank God he was okay. Thank God. I mean, you just saw him a minute ago. He survived. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> 
And so of course I'm dragging him to the hospital, right? He's trying to shake it off. And I'm like, no, you're going to go get checked out. Like we're going to the hospital. We're doing this. And I, I got to be honest, like I was at the same time so grateful for his life uh, as much as I was really annoyed because this was not the day to be hit by a car. Like I, I was so annoyed. I actually later on that morning, <laughs> I had a, myself, I had a very important doctor's appointment that day as well. I'd been waiting for this appointment for weeks. It was a very important one. And because of COVID, it kept getting pushed back. And this was actually going to be an ultrasound appointment. Um, so it's going to be the first time that I heard our, our second baby's heartbeat and uh, got to see our baby for the first time. And so I wasn't going to miss this appointment for the world. So I, I, I like get him home. He's like drugged up in crutches in a brace. And I get him like in the house and I beeline it for the OBGYN. I make it there just in time just to learn that I was actually, in fact, no longer pregnant. And uh, I, was, I was having a miscarriage. <laughs> I remember driving home from the doctor's office that day, like praying like I'd never <laughs> prayed before. I mean, I never heard myself pray that way. I'm, I'm praying, I'm going to war. I am rebuking the devil and commanding him to get off of my life, get off of my family, get off of my husband, get off of my kids. Get off of my life. I'm calling Pastor Becky. We are doing work in the spiritual realm. We are praying like we've never prayed before. And I prayed and prayed and prayed in that car until my voice was hoarse. I prayed and prayed and prayed until I had no air in my lungs. And I remember just trying to gasp from my tears and from my praying. And I I remember just only being able to manage a whisper. And I remember asking God, like, can you even hear me? And I remember in that moment, it was an overwhelming presence of God filled up my car. It washed over me and it was overwhelmingly good. The supernatural peace of God began to fill me up right where I was in my car. And you guys, I'm not kidding. I felt strength coming inside of me. I felt courage coming inside of me. I, I felt faith for, to see my future family. Like I, I, I could see it right then and there. God's promises were still yes and amen towards me. I felt it. It was as if God was saying, I am with you and I won't leave you. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The book of Daniel. I love these dudes. They're so bold, so courageous. We know the Bible says that these, uh, these three dudes, they, you know, the evil King Nebuchadnezzar, right? He's building this golden statue and he's, uh, he's commanding everyone to bow down to it. And of course, these three dudes, they refuse. And so, he, you know, King Neb, he's mad. He, uh, he orders them to be killed, to be thrown into a fiery pit. And uh, he heats that furnace seven times hotter. It was so hot. In fact, the soldiers died throwing him in, right? So it's unlivable. But I love what the Bible says in in verse 24. It says, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. But look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around unharmed. And the fourth looks like God. He was with them. He was with them. The presence of the one true God was with them and they walked out of that pit. And the Bible says they didn't even smell of smoke. See, what I learned in 2020 is that I can trust in God because no matter what I face, oh, he is with me. He is with me. And when God is with me, who or what can be against me? Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Oh, he is with me. 
He is with me. If you experienced a loss in 2020, the word of the Lord to you tonight is he is fighting for you. His promises are still yes and amen. No matter what the enemy stole from you, God will give it back tenfold. Thank you, Jesus. Give him some praise. I'm going to finish with my favorite part. Wait, this is my favorite part of the whole story. My favorite part in verse 28, the Bible says, and people don't, I feel, I read this for the first time in preparing this message. The Bible says that then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, what I'm looking forward to in 2021 is the very assignment, the very voice, the very thing that was sent to snuff you out in 2020. It too will praise the Lord Almighty. It too will testify of God's goodness. It too will bow its knee to the Lord God Almighty. Can I get a witness? 2021. Let even the evil rulers of this land praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Give it up for Pastor Ashley as she comes. Amen. Serena, what a woman you are. Like, to share that, like, that's incredible. And Colin, Chittick, wherever you went. Oh, there you are. What a couple you guys are. Like, honestly, that's so beautiful. So, uh, it is such a privilege to be up here and to do life with these people. Like, y'all, if you don't know, we have, we've said it a million times, and you're like, oh, they always say this. We literally have the greatest pastors on this planet, our lead pastors, our campus pastors. Like, we, we have it. The community in this place is all an incredible fruit from our pastors. So, thank you so much. Amen. Well, uh, as ba- Pastor Becky said, she asked me, like, hey, Ash, so... What did 2020 teach you? So, well, what didn't it teach me, honestly? Let's be real. 2020, you know, to sum it up, it was the year of fight or flight. And a lot of us have heard that. Listen, half your friends probably moved to Texas or Idaho. So, bye-bye. Enjoy the humidity. Peace. I'm in the promised land. Just kidding. I love all of our friends who moved. I do. Um... But listen, we've probably heard fight or flight a few times. And I was looking it up because, you know me, I like to, like, look up. You know, I'm a WebMD, like, what, what do you call it? Wikipedia, like, PhD, okay? So I like to look all these things up. Okay, so fight or flight, it's not just a cliche. It's actually a syndrome. And it's a physiological reaction that occurs in response to a perceived harmful event, attack, or threat to survival. Okay, this is the thing. 2020 was absolutely an attack to so many people's survival, my personal world as well. And as I'm digging into this fight or flight thing, I'm like diagnosing myself. I'm like, oh my God, flight or flight syndrome, this is happening. So I'm looking up all these syndromes, okay, you guys, don't worry about it, I'm totally fine. Um, <laughs> but some of the things, I want to, I wanna, listen, I'm going to teach for like two seconds, then I'm going to tell you what's really happening. Okay, so The fight mode systems, here's the thing, the physiological response is actually innately in us. So the fight mode is like, okay, let's say you're getting attacked by a bear, your eyes are gonna dilate, your heart is beating. Listen, we don't get attacked by bears in San Diego, but if you were, your body would have a natural response to fight. You would be like puffing up, your neck's all tense and like thick and all these weird things, I'm sure. And then you're sweating and your heart's racing and all this stuff, right? So that's so that you can fight this thing. The other side of the coin is the flight syndrome. That's the part where you're like 
how can I escape this moment as quietly as possible without dying? You're like quiet. Your heart slows down. You stop breathing. You, well, you don't stop breathing. Then you die. <laughs> but you're, you have shallow breathing. You're like struggling to focus. That was my entire year of 2020. That, that was the majority. I shouldn't say the entire year. It was, it was the majority of my year. I, I could not believe that my body was stuck in fight or flight mode. Here's the thing. When I was doing this little study, I found that as humans, when we're born into this world, there's two fears that we first initially recognize. The first fear is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises, okay? So if you're in here and you've like saying happy birthday in the room with the baby and they cry, it's because they're afraid of loud noises. It's innately like they pick it up. But in this research study, it also talked about the fact that science proved too that there's genetic things that are passed down. I don't know how all the neuroscience works, but the science has proved it, that it works. There's fears that are passed down. As well as we know in the Bible, the Bible talks about it clearly. There's generational curses that happen. There's things. We can talk about that. But they found that the majority of people's fears are things that we've learned. We've learned these habits. So I would probably reckon that there's some people in this room who have went through some things in 2020 and you picked up, you learned some fears that you didn't even think you had. I'm ready to go. Sorry, I'm trying to read my notes and just get ready to roar. But I feel like God wants to do something in people's lives. So maybe you've been in here and you've been like, okay, I've dealt with that. No, maybe you haven't. And I want to challenge you. When you think that, okay, I'm in flight mode. I'm going to run away from this thing. I'm going to stick my head in the sand and pretend that it's not happening. It's happening. And that there's nowhere on this earth, no corner, no red state, purple state, blue state, green state, that you can run from a fight. A fight is going to come. And we have to know that we are positioned in Jesus to fight this fight. Amen. The thing with 2020, some of the you know, nationwide tragedies, we saw like the death of pop culture icons and we saw Kobe Bryant, all these things were happening and then the pandemic and then the freaking China virus and then the, and all the things, okay? I know I can't even say China virus, but whatever. All of the things were happening. The political unrest, the racial tension, the loss of life, it went on and on. And then there was like a brief stint of killer bees. Like, do you guys remember the killer bee situation? I was like, oh my God, there's killer bees in the nation of America? I thought that was like Africa. No, apparently it was there. And so I decided to be afraid of bees. So anytime I go outside, I was like, Dallas, watch out for the bees. They're coming. You have to watch out for the bees. And I was like, who? And Kenny was like, who are you? What is going on? I was honestly laughing and yet losing my mind. And then on a micro scale, there were all these other personal things that I was going through that I feel like I had never experienced before as well. And I think it's funny because by nature, I'm not an anxious person. I'm, I like came out of the womb like laughing and smiling like I'm pretty sure I did. But I like started to lose myself and as I was walking through some of these things, like, man, I feel like I was coming out of 2019 and going into 2020 with so many expectations because 2019 was already a hard enough year for Kenny and I when he got let go of his job that was 
a great job. It like made us more money we'd ever experienced in our life, but it was like slowly killing him mentally and emotionally. So we're trying to navigate what does provision look like in this season? What does our lives look like? What's our new schedules look like? Then trying to parent on top of a pandemic, then trying to be a good wife, a good mom, a good friend. And it was like all of these things, I was like taking them all on. And then there was all these like delays. And I kept thinking like, okay, God, like this is when my promise is coming true. Like this is it. And I would feel like I was so close. And then every time there's a delay or there's a disappointment. And it's these things, like, they weren't little things, you guys. They were things that I've been, like, believing for. And, like, I'd seen it in my mind. I was like, God, no, it's coming. Like, this is really it. There was hard conversations. There was weird dynamics of friendships, people moving, like I said, to Texas. And I'm like, would you all stop moving? It was just a lot. And I internalized it so much. And I feel like I don't even know if I'll actually really ever be able to, like, articulate the internal battles that I went through in 2020. I can try and say it, but like the anguish and like the worry was just so much that my body started shutting down. And the first thing that happened was my eyes started twitching. (laughs) Okay, I know it's funny, but it's not funny. And I was like calling up all my friends. I'm like, hi, I know you do oils and stuff. Is there something for my eye? (laughs) Because I I actually, it's really bad. And my eyes are gigantic and you can see it bulging a mile away. And I was like, Lord, please help me. You can't do this to me. And I'm stressing out. And then I'm sitting in our living room and I'm like, Kenny, I think I'm having an asthma attack. He's like, you're sitting down watching Hulu. I'm like, I can't, I can't breathe, Kenny. I call the doctor. Kenny's like, would you just, Jesus name. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes, he did pray for me, but it was funny because then it moved into my sleep and then there was weeks where I wasn't sleeping and I already have a lot of energy and so I can like fake it when I'm really tired. I'm like, woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was dead tired because I would go to sleep. I'd be dead asleep. I'm like, oh, thank God the day is over. There's nothing else. No hard conversations. No crazy people trying to do all these things and say all this stuff. I'm good. It's quiet. It's great. And I would wake up in the middle of the night like dead asleep and I would be like wide awake as if it was... 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and I would be up for hours, and then I would pretend like I had slept because I'd hear Kenny get up for work, and I was like, I didn't want him to know that I wasn't sleeping. And so one night on a Wednesday night, just like this, I came into church, and thank God our church was open. Pastor Jurgen was up here preaching a word, and he's like praying for people, and he's breaking things off people's life. I'm like, oh, yes, amen, praying for people. And he's like, people in here who are struggling with anxiety, and I was because I'm so naturally happy, I was in denial. I was in full, like, pretend it's not happening. Like, just pretend. Like, slow your breathing. No one's going to know you're having an asthma, a panic attack. You're totally fine. Let me pray for somebody else. And next thing you know, Pastor Jurgen freaking jumps off the stage, lays me out on the ground. The Holy Ghost does his work. And then the incredible thing is, is in that moment, as I laid at the altar, God was able to minister to my soul. And he reminded me that in the Bible, which is the truest dictionary for your life over anything is that it says in 1 John 4, 8, that perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. And that there's no, there's no fear in love because fear involves torment. And God reminded me of that moment. He said, Ashley, hello, perfect love. Perfect love is Jesus Christ. It is in you. And I was able to stand up and like look at the word and see it fresh again and look in Deuteronomy when it says that my God goes before me and fights on my behalf reminding myself of that and that any fight that was going to come had to come through Jesus first and that he's already given us the victory in those things so I didn't have to worry I didn't have to be afraid I didn't have to freaking have an eye twitch thank God but what I learned in that is that 
like I said, no matter what you choose, if you choose, if, if your, your temperament is flight like me and you like to stick your head in the sand and you're like, do, 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 and you, and you want to just slow everything down and pretend, or if you're like, I'm going to fight, like, listen, here's the thing. That is a place to visit, but you can't stay there. Even though fight mode sounds really good, like, oh yeah, fight mode. You can't live in fight mode. You'll be so tense all the time trying to fight off all this stuff. You can visit that place, but you have to come back. And God showed me that if I'm gonna fight a correct fight, if I'm gonna look this thing in the face, then I have to do it from a foundation, a good foundation. And in Matthew 7:24, it's in red. So when you look in your Bible, Jesus is talking. So really pay attention. And it says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain come, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. I don't want to be fallen greatly. I don't want to fall at all, okay? Listen, I'm not, I'm not. But it's the funny thing is that if we don't position ourselves to try and fight from a place of a rock, a foundation, then we could try and fight a bear or run from a bear or do whatever it is in your life that is your world. Maybe it's a job. Maybe you're in a place where like, I, I don't like my job. Maybe you just want to pretend it sucks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe your marriage is tough. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's a dream and you want to pretend that it didn't happen. Maybe it's a disappointment. You have to deal with it because the fight will just keep circling back. And if we don't deal with it on the altar, if we don't deal with it with God, then how are we gonna fight the battles for our city and for our nation and for our children? We have to do it from a place where our feet are firmly set in the rock. And the rock is Jesus. I'm telling you, it's not just something that we just say up here every week. It really is the way to go. It is, and I'm not gonna do the altar call, but I'm kind of going into it, so I'm so sorry. But um, that was it. I feel like that's my word that I wanted to encourage you with is that when the fight comes, because listen, 2021 isn't a magic year. It's not like poof, bye coronavirus, bye to the masks, bye, I wish. But guess what? It's a new day. It's a new fight. But if we stand and we fight from a place of strength and foundation, then y'all, we won't get tired. We won't have an eye twitch and we will live our best lives. Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.